I'm Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Bar Review, speaking with Donna Finney, head coach of Houston Baptist University Women's Basketball. Coach, how are you? I'm great. How are you, Chris? I'm doing pretty well. Thank you very much. Let's talk about the just click completed season. You guys won the Southland Conference regular season championship. Let's, let's go with the good news first. Describe yeah. how the season went. Uh, anything surprise you, disappoint you, anything like that? Yeah, I think we had a lot of ups and downs this season. It definitely wasn't a smooth, smooth sailing uh, path for us. But, um, you know, I felt like our, our non-conference season was really inconsistent. And part of that was because we had a lot of injuries in the non-conference and um, we're missing some key players. We couldn't really get into a rhythm at all. Um, and then, like a lot of teams, we got hit by a COVID break kind of right in the middle of things as we were going into conference play. And we had almost a month where we didn't play a game. So we opened conference play not looking the way that I had hoped uh, we would. And, you know, we dropped a game early on in, in conference play and, um, you know, didn't really find our rhythm, you know, probably later than I had expected. Um, but then, um, you know, went on a little run towards the end of the year where I felt like we started looking more like what I'd expected. Um, you know, particularly defensively, um, and obviously managed to put a seven-game run together towards the end of conference and and finish off with winning the regular season here at home, which was great um, to do that in our own gym. Um, but I think overall, you know, as a coach, you're always going to look at things that you you have to do better, and and particularly on the offensive end, we've got to do a lot better going forward next year, and then also rebounding. I felt like those were the two areas that let us down and probably were the reason we dropped the two games we did in conference. Um, but also some of our non-conference games that were a little bit closer came down to rebounding and, and offensive execution as, as well. Well, let's get into the not so good news. Um, after winning the regular season championship, have the number one seed in the conference tournament, double by, two wins away from reaching the NCAA tournament. You touched on offensive problems, and offense just seemed like no shots would fall in a semifinal matchup, and you guys couldn't get, could not get the win. I think, yeah, that, and then you're also meeting a team here hot, you know, and we've been in, we have been in those shoes, you know, the Incarnate Word had played two games. We're shooting the ball really well, playing with a lot of confidence, and we come in and can't hit shots, and it was a low scoring game and it just, you know, I thought we were going to be able to get it done on the defensive end. And we've said all year, you know, it doesn't matter what it looks like. We just got to find a way to win. And um, we weren't able to do that. That was our worst game of the season and really terrible timing for it to happen. But, um, you know, big reason why we had struggled in other games. And, um, you know, I felt like a lot of the shots we took were good shots and they just didn't fall. And, um, it happens, and and it's interesting watching the NCAA tournament as it progressed. I saw it happen with other teams too that, you know, just had really bad shooting games that you would have thought they would have won the games they were playing. And and but it's you know it's part of the game, and it's something that we need to really look at going forward so that we don't have that same thing happen again next year. What was your message to the team after that that loss? Um, that it doesn't define our season. That is one game and, you know, they should be proud of what they did achieve during the season and that we're going to be looking forward and that we still had a game to play. I mean, I knew going into the locker room after that game that we were going to play postseason 
And for our kids, you know, to do that for the first time, it was really exciting. As a as a coach, it didn't feel final because we knew that the following week we'd be going somewhere. Um, so it was it was an immediate pick pick them up. Like, hey, we have a game to play next week. You know, don't hang your heads. We got to get ready because we've got a really exciting opportunity ahead of us. And and I think, you know, the WNIT was exactly what we needed at that time. What will you and your your staff do to improve the offense for next season? Yeah, I mean, like we we've got a lot of film to watch. Um, I think there's a lot of little things that we can work on. Um, passing angles, I've been talking about now for the last couple of years, but you know, I think you know, passing angles, post entries, like I don't think we're scoring enough in the post and that's something that we have talked about this last year a lot. Um, you know, who do we actually want catching the ball as well? I think that's, you know, going to the right people and, and knowing where we can get instant scores from. So um, we've got a lot of film to watch before we kind of start mapping that out for next year. And, you know, this off season we're really focusing on individual development and we're not doing any team you know, teamwork, it's all individual. So we've met with all the players individually and they each have three things that they're focusing on in this off-season of four or five weeks' work that they have. Um, but come the summer, that's when we'll start to kind of ramp up for what we need to do with them in order to make our team offense better than it was this year. And when you talk about individuals, that is, as it sounds, it's up to the players to put in, take care of those three things that you and the staff want them to work on, right? Yeah, so um, we meet with them, obviously, and we've had those meetings with all of them. And um, there's a, a graphic on the inside of their locker door. So every day when they open their locker to come into workouts, they see those three things. And it's a reminder of, you know, these are the three things that I need to do every day in practice to make sure that I'm, you know, I'm improving to help my team. And... Uh, yeah, I think they each have different focuses and it's on them to really take those forward and go into the new season uh, so that come preseason, they're better at those three things than they were, you know, this year. So it's something we'll review with them in the summer and, and hopefully we can tick some boxes where they have done a better job with those things. How much will the roster turnover from this season that just finished to the fall? So, yeah, it's, it's a, a really interesting group that we've got because we actually didn't have any true seniors playing out there. Um, so technically everybody could have returned. Um, we actually have got one player that's in the transfer portal right now, um, which was disappointing. We were, you know, we want her to stay here. But again, you know, these are the times we live in and, um, you know, we're going to support her as she looks for a new program, but, um, and then one player who's going to return back home overseas. Um, so, you know, but we, we return um, in terms of offensive efficiency, we return all of our offense. So, um, and return all of our all-conference players that, that we had this year. And I saw not too long ago, you, you're adding a, another sister <laughs> to the squad. So just touch yeah. on that. Yeah, you know, the longer you, you work in this game and, and the more that you're around, you know, the recruiting process, leadership and, and work ethic becomes so important. And, you know, I was joking with uh, the Maguire's parents last week and said, could you not pop another couple out for me? Because this is the last one. And, you know, I, where's, where am I going to get my next one from? 
Um, I mean, these girls just have, they all have, and, and Aaron has it in abundance, but, you know, great communication skills, tremendous work ethic in whatever aspect it is. Um, great team players really build their teammates up. Um, and it's interesting, all three are different, and Aaron is very different than Anya and Anna. Um, and, you know, Anya is more of a true point guard, but Aaron you know, she likes to attack the rim a lot more. She's, I'd say she's probably the toughest of the three of them. Um, will take charges, get dive on the floor. She's kind of a scrappy, tough guard who I think will really help us. And, um, but, you know, it goes beyond that and those intangibles of leadership and the way she communicates and the way that, that she puts in a hundred percent each day, you, those kids are so rare now. And um, it was a no brainer for me that, when she was looking for a school that she'd be a great fit here for us. Now, Erin is the youngest of the sisters. Yeah. I'm sure she had to deal with a lot for the older sisters <laughs> growing up. Is yeah. she, can you, and this is hard to say and judge, but can you kind of get a sense that she may be the best of the, of the sisters at something, you know, be more aggressive, yeah. a better shooter, a better leader, something like yeah. that. Yeah, I think so. I think she is the toughest of the three physically. Um, and they're each good at different things. You know, I think that's what that's what makes them so interesting. And it's a shame that the three of them couldn't play together because Anna has now graduated. But, um, you know, I think Erin is, uh, like I say, she's tough. I think she gets to the rim better than the other, the other two, no doubt. Um, you know, that's definitely more... And she can still shoot it, but I'd say Enya's a much better shooter, perimeter shooter than than Aaron is for sure. What is the recruiting plan for the summer, off season summer? Yeah, so uh, we're we're really kind of focusing on high school kids, um, you know, going forward, and um, that's always been kind of the way that we've done things. Um, but we're going to be out in May. Um, and we'll be out in Texas in May. And then in the summer, we'll be at all the Texas events and then um, potentially a couple of other out-of-state events as well. Um, but, you know, we are going to continue to recruit high school kids. Um, I like to get kids here for four years. And I know that times are changing and that's not always the case everywhere. But being the type of school that we are and the focus that we have on academics, it really helps both the player as a student and as an athlete to be here um, and stay here for four years. And that's always our goal. And I know it's the same with a lot of schools, but we really truly want to get kids here who are gonna be here for four years. Have you received a, a bump of interest from high school kids because of winning the uh, conference regular season championship? Yeah, I'd say we've had, definitely had more calls and, and emails, et cetera, um, you know, since that. And, and it's been, it's been interesting because obviously the portal is um, has changed times with recruiting for sure. Um, but, you know, like our big thing is relationships and um, I'm not going to say we haven't talked to anyone in the portal, but, you know, if we have previously recruited someone and we know that person and we've spent a lot of time with them, we're more likely to reach out um, to someone in the portal if it's someone that we know, but we really want to build relationships before kids get here so that, we know them, they know us. And when they do get here, they feel they're part of our family. And, you know, that's why, you know, it's hard. Like 
I can't blame anyone for what, what goes on with the portal. It's a, it's a unique situation and it's changing all the time. It's not on a coach most of the time. It's not on a player. It's it's freedom of choice. And um, I think, you know, but we want our kids to be happy here. And so we need to find the right fit for us, the, the player and the student that we know will excel here at HBU. And that's what we try and do through the recruiting process. And regarding the, your one player who's currently in the portal, does she have a deadline in your mind, like to make a decision where she's going to come back to HBU or, or not? No, no. Okay, I'm going to shift gears and kind of put you on the spot. Okay. Because you are the, I think I've told you this before. One, the only the one. The only one, <laughs> the only coach uh, who seems to be yeah. in favor of, well, the only coach that I've talked to, let's say, like, yeah. the only coach that I've talked to, um, who's in favor of having both the men's and women's Final Fours in the same city. Yeah. Give me your rationale for that on the record, Coach Donna Finney. Um, it's never been done. And I'm all about making changes to see if we can improve our game. And we have talked a lot over the last few years about wanting to get the same as what the men have. And it's always, you know, the women should get the same as the men and all this stuff. And there's been some really good steps forward in that regard. Um, but I think that, you know, the final four is the final four. There's excitement on both the men's and the women's side. And we don't share enough in our game. And I say that even as women's basketball coaches. I think the WBCA have done a really good job recently of setting up mentoring groups and, you know, different areas where we can share across our game. But we don't do it enough. And why can't we share with men's basketball coaches? You know, there, there's a, this definite kind of divide between men's and women's basketball. And at the end of the day, there's so many people now who sit and watch the men's final four and the women's final four. And so for me, like, why not? Why not have it, this celebration of basketball, not men's basketball or women's basketball, but basketball. Um, if you look at other countries, men's and women's championships are running the same weekend in the same venue. And they don't separate. It's national finals and they're all played in the same place. And so maybe it's my upbringing and maybe it's because I've grown up that way um, where it doesn't matter which gender you are, you're playing your national finals in the same place. But I think it's a, for me, it's a natural step forward to see if we truly want to grow the game, then why not? Why not put everything together and have a celebration of our sport and stop dividing it between men and women? Now, how would, how would you in your mind schedule the, the games? Would they be all semifinals on, on the same day? Would you have women first, straddle it, mix it up, one semifinal women, then followed by the men? Have you thought about that much? No, now you're definitely putting me on the spot. No, I haven't. <laughs> but, you know, like, I think, you know, the cities that host these events, the economic impact for these cities is fantastic. Um, and I think, you know, there's been talk about, well, if we did, um, you know, put the events together, then we're not going to hit as many cities and not going to. But the reality is then it moves around the country more. There's been a lot of criticism about where the, you know, where the final four is. There's a lot of repeat cities that are getting to host um, if we brought the events together, perhaps there would be opportunities for other cities to host um, both. But 
yeah, I mean, I think the format's great right now where we play, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And, um, you know, I I haven't thought about it in detail, but um, I definitely like the idea of seeing everybody play in the same venue, for sure. How's it done uh, overseas? Does it just women on one day and men the next? No, no, like, so they actually play, like, so the women usually play before the men's final. Um, so they're back-to-back, -back effectively. So it's like a double header. Um, typically, in a lot of countries, it's age groups. So, you know, you're under 16 national final will be at a certain time under 18 and then your senior or pro finals are back to back um so i i mean i think there's lots of options i just you know I, I see it as basketball and i think that our argument is always to get what the men get so you know what better than playing in the same venue on the same weekend um so that's maybe different from what other people think but i guess again it goes back to maybe where i grew up do you think the city of Houston could do that? I do. I think it'd be a great venue for um, hosting both events. And like I say, the sharing part for me is huge because there isn't enough conversation in my mind between male and female staffs. Um, you know, and I hear so many coaching friends of mine saying, well, I don't, I don't get on with our men's staff and we're always button heads and blah, 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 blah. Why? Like, why is that the case? You know, I think we have to stop seeing it as separate. You know, it's always men's this and women's this. Um, and the more that we come together, hopefully we can kind of alleviate some of those differences and, and progress the game, which is what our focus should be. What are your thoughts on the Southland Conference for women's basketball for this coming season? Um, it's going to be a different look in the conference, obviously, because, you know, we've lost another um, team and uh, we're bringing in uh, AM Commerce who have been a powerhouse in Division 2 and so um, you know bringing in a really strong program well coached and um, with a really good roster so I, I expect them to come in and make some noise very early on um, and like I told our girls now we're being chased and we haven't been in that position so you know everything we do from here on is to make sure that we get better we can't just do the same thing we did this year because there's a lot of rosters that have added talent and some that return everybody like we do so um you know i think we've got to really just focus on getting better um going into the southland conference uh season um because we know we're going to be challenged from the start and when does the tournament move to uh louisiana this year yeah okay so what are your thoughts on that uh, you said you weren't going to put me on the spot. Um, <laughs> well, things are popping in my head as, as we talk. Oh, so, I see, I see. Um, personally, not not anything against my niece. I don't like the on-campus format for it. I think, um, you know, you play on these campuses throughout the regular season. Um, you want to kind of make it a bit special for your conference tournament. Um, and I like the idea of a neutral venue, but I don't have that decision. So, yeah. how how has um, the social media part of HBU, like for the team being on, I think the Husky Sports Network sometimes, I think ESPN yeah. Plus some games, has that been a benefit? What are your thoughts on the overall 
platform. Um, yeah, I mean, I love that, you know, we've now got ESPN Plus here and, you know, that we can stream those games. The only problem for us is half our roster is international and they can't access um, ESPN Plus overseas. Um, it's been a problem for several years now that I've brought up through our conference meetings that when it comes to conference championships, parents overseas cannot access watching their kids play and they can't watch it on CBS Sports either for the final game. So, um, I mean, it's tough because not every roster is as heavily international as we are, but we, we're now seeing in our conference that teams like Corpus and McNeese and, you know, they have multiple international players on their rosters too. So I'm hopeful that at some point we'll offer an alternative so that parents can watch their kids play online from regardless of where they're sat watching it. Yeah. Yeah. What is your roster breakdown in terms of international players and American players? It's split 50-50. So um, we just signed two more internationals, but the two kids that were on our roster that were true seniors were international that didn't play this year. So we're basically um, pretty much going to be in the same position, almost 50-50. And we have kids. The McGuire sisters are from from Ireland? Ireland, yeah. And we just signed another girl from Luxembourg. Um, so that we'll have two from from there, and then um, our Australian contingent as well. So, um, and I think you know, like I say, our big thing is trying to find the right fit because we do want people to be here um, for their four years. So, I think that's been really important for us, and and through the recruiting process, also like just understanding players that are going to fit what we do. And so, um, when you get a kid from a program and it works and um, she can come in and already have some of the things already in her wheelhouse, then it really helps us um, with their development and how quickly we can get them prepared to play for us. So with Luxembourg, you know, Julia Vyakovic, who's all-conference player for us, she came from the same program that we've just signed another kid from. And um, that, you know, I think Joe is going to be very similar to Julia um, and give us a lot of the same things. And so when it when it works, you just keep going back to it, I guess. But we know it works, so um, it's been a really good kind of pipeline for us. I, I was supposed to ask you this. Um, how has my mentee, Tamer Knight, done, uh, in your opinion? Tamer's just full of energy, and I think what I love, and I mentioned, touched on this, like I'm all about change. Like I, I think she's come with some really good ideas this year. Um, I think it's hard because sometimes you have a lot of ideas and you don't always get the nod to push them forward. Um, but I love that she brings a lot of fresh things and, and ideas. And I think, you know, she's been a really good addition for us um, on that side of things this year, for sure. We're almost done. Coach Donna Finney, what, what are your, um, How's the non-conference schedule looking for you? Are you, are you finished? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Um, so uh, we're we're actually just waiting right now to find out one when we start conference play, and two if there's going to be any more changes to our conference. And so I don't think we're going to truly know that it sounds like until June first, um, okay. which is kind of it's tough because we may have to add more games. And we can't do that right now. So it's kind of putting everything, you know, and and there's been some teams locally that I'd like to add to the schedule, but I can't add to the schedule right now because we don't know if we're able to take more games. So, um, but I, I, you know, I'm pretty pleased with 
the way the schedule looks, it's it's tougher than than it's ever been. I think you know we're definitely playing the most challenging non-conference schedule we've ever had. Um, but you know we return a lot of kids, and um, it's all about us being ready for Southland play. Um, so we're going to be tested much more than we ever had in the non-conference for sure. Thank you very much, Coach. I appreciate it as always. Uh, you taking time to speak to me, uh, keep me in informed when you do finalize a non-conference schedule because I kind of I want I'm not curious to see how who it is. <laughs> yeah, sure, I will for definitely. Yeah. All right, Donna Finney, HBU Women's Basketball Head Coach. Coach, take care. Thank you, Chris. You too. Bye bye.